0: The backend manage, manages to serial, serialize a, a synchronous promise function and send it to the front end. That promise would be continued to be loaded in the front end itself. So it's uh, actually a new concept used by the a new JavaScript framework. I think it's new. It's called. Play.
1: This is 20-Minute JavaScript, a weekly show where I, your host, interview members of the JavaScript community about all topics concerning JavaScript. The 20-Minute JavaScript show is brought to you by Open Replay, an open source session replay platform meant for developers. If you'd like to know more, visit openreplay.com. If you'd like to be on the show or suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at the 20 JS. Welcome to episode 37. I'm Fernando, and today we're going to keep talking about data loading strategies and how they can improve your app and your users' experience. This is part two of a two-part episode, so if you haven't listened to part one yet, I'll recommend you do that first and then come back. The episode is going to be waiting for you here. Just like last week, we continue our interview with Theo. He originally published a detailed article about this topic and he's going through each method with me. So without further ado, Let's begin part two of data loading strategies. Moving on to uh, one particular use case. So we've been we've been talking about static sites and information that may or may not change uh, that much. But what happens when you have to like display new real time data to your users or, or essentially on the client? What kind of options do we have here?
0: So. When you want to show real-time data, the problem is sometimes we can't poll uh, back-end, right? We can't always poll the back-end. So polling is essentially when you make multiple requests to the back-end service, like every certain interval, to get state changes, uh, to to see whether or not uh, state is changed in the back-end, essentially um there are some instances where you can do that but in modern times like today I don't think you need it you can use something like a websocket so a websocket opens up a two-way connection between your front end and your back end so if you if your uh, client side application Let's say, for example, wants to receive notifications from the backend service. The easiest way to to get real time data like that is to use a WebSocket. And when there is a notification in the user's inbox in the backend side, the WebSocket API can just push the message, like push the notification into the client's browser or uh, client's mobile app or anything like that. And it can help make data closer to real-time, but it's not actually real-time. Yeah, it's near real-time, like what Fernando said.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The interesting thing about this is that while the other techniques so far have been like optimizations to how we load data or how we preload the data somewhere, this is not an optimization. This is just a whole different way of communicating server and client Uh, instead of using HTTP that... Uh, only allows the client to start a single request to the server and the server only to respond to that request and then you have to start all over again um, the web socket like you said it creates an open channel between both of them so you don't have to wait for your client to request information on the server the server can just uh, deliver it, either uh, having a message uh, bus in the backend, like you said, or whatever other technique or architecture in the backend. They will send that information the minute or the second they have it to the client. As a whole, different way of communicating. Obviously, uh, it implies a whole different way of requesting and uh, dealing with that information. Uh, but it also leads to a very dynamic and reactive. Uh, way of building applications uh, you can get if if you're if you're building uh, an application that requires constant updates and, and exchange information between client and server then this is definitely a very interesting option absolutely yeah so moving moving forward because we still have a few a few more techniques to cover so what are lazy loading and prefetching uh, what do they mean, and in which regards do they help on data loading?
0: So let's start with uh, prefetching. So prefetching is when the browser retrieves uh, data from a certain page that we defined on the header. So if we want to the browser to get a html data for the second page for example like we have two pages on our site and the user goes to the first page and we assume that automatically they will go to the second page we prefetch it uh we put a link prefetch on the header and it will wait until the browser is idle and it's no longer in use and it will lazily load the uh url that we inserted in a function and it will uh, cache the data in the browser and i think it doesn't use uh, local storage it uses something in memory and the negative side to this is sometimes it can it's used to load trackers i think as far as i know google uses this but i but i kind of forget how they attach it to their entire entire system. But I remember that some trackers are use uses, uh, prefetching. And the next thing you touched on was lazy loading. So I put lazy loading and prefetching in the same, uh, subsection because for me personally, it looks very, very similar in a way on, of how they do it because of, of how they lazy load stuff. And, uh, lazy loading is different because well going back to when we were discussing about the uh, jamstack and server side rendering when a server side rendered application uh returns an html and if uh and if the developer knows that you can't really that you can't really load the entire the all the data in one request because it'll take too long. It's a good idea for you, the developer, to essentially lazy uh, to essentially like lazy load it. Load. So in the visible parts of the website, probably you can show the data that's that the users will see uh, directly when they first visit the website, and then. You put like a skeleton loader or something uh, on the parts where the user hasn't scrolled down yet. So when they scroll down, you will load it after the user will see it. So you still get the benefit of a faster response time for your website. But you don't need to load everything. Now, it doesn't really work for all use cases, this kind of lazy loading. But it works for uh, most cases where you need to show a quick and fast landing page or a blog or anything. Or even a dashboard sometimes can, uh, an admin dashboard sometimes can benefit from this. And um, there's a lot of ways you can, there's a lot of creative ways you can lazy load. But the only thing that I touched on on the article was how you can uh, lazy, how you should lazy load images when you get to them, when you scroll above them. But actually, there's a lot of creative ways you can do lazy loading.
1: Oh, that's fair. I mean, uh, the, the one thing comes to mind that is the Juno you know, suspense API on React 18. Um, you can actually use it, if I'm not mistaken, to lazy load data. Uh, And you can also lazy load whole components that are not, like you said, they're not visible on the main page, or they're not um, crucial to the ideal user path, essentially. They're not what they're going to be doing first. So you can render the critical components first and then lazy load the secondary components uh, in a way to improve the user experience. Essentially, you give them interactable application, even though it's not fully loaded, it's loading the main components first and then the secondary components later, those are very, very good options as well. But what about resumability? I've never heard that term before, and you mentioned it as a, a different and potentially better option than lazy loading. Can you kind of explain what is it?
0: So I've also, only this year I've heard about resumability. So resumability is the, the easiest way for me to explain it is it's when the backend Manage, manages to serial, serialize a, a synchronous promise function and send it to the front end. That promise would be continued to be loaded in the front end itself. So it's uh, actually a new concept used by the, a new JavaScript framework. I think it's new. It's called Quick. QWIK so it's uh it talks about resumability i think the founder of the creator one of the creators of quick was the creator of uh, angular js the name of one of the creator is misko hevery i hope i'm not mispronouncing his name but essentially he was working on this and i was uh, in a in a stream uh, popular streamer And uh, I saw his interview, and that was when I saw. uh, When that was when I first got introduced to Quick and resumability. So, a more deep technical difference between Quick and most JavaScript frameworks is. I'm gonna try to explain this the best I can. Um, So, in a regular framework, we have something called hydration. So, hydration is when The client gets the HTML and then it gets the link to the JavaScript and then it downloads all the JavaScript in a waterfall pattern and then it executes the JavaScripts, all all doing it on the client's browser. But resumability is different. So resumability is quite similar to server-side rendering but it tries to do more than that by uh, doing the hydration partially in the backend. It partially hydrates the components uh, and the JavaScript in the server on server side, and it serializes the promise so that the user's browser can continue to load from that promise. So. Essentially, quick helps the user uh, load JavaScript faster because it loads the JavaScript in the server, and the user can just continue where the server left off. It's a very, very uh, it's a very new concept that I've never heard before. I don't know if it will work or not. uh, Who knows? Probably in a few years it will be gone, but. If it does work, I think it is a quite, uh, I w- I wouldn't want to say revolutionary because it's too load of, loaded of a word. I mean, we, everything can be re- revolutionary depending on the marketing. But it is quite promising to follow, at least on the development of quick and resumability in general. And um, the way uh, the... Uh, the founder of quick uh, misko uh, l- likes to receive a few questions i think from from the documentation i read something like uh, uh, there a lot of people asked him whether or not uh, resumability whatever quick is using can be in, used in current modern frameworks like react or vue or something and There's still a stalemate on that. He, he still, he says that it's not quite possible, but we'll never know. Probably it will be possible in the future. Who knows, right? But currently, the only framework that uses resumability is quick. And there's no, uh, there, there, there are no other frameworks that are implementing it right now. As far as I know, or at least not as big as Quick has become.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I was going to mention that the the, the Quick framework is, a, is the only one because it was built around resumability. Uh, it's not something like it was added onto a normal uh, web framework. So yeah, it's definitely new. It's definitely interesting. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out and see if the uh, if your case, use case will benefit from, from this te- technique. Um, so we've covered multiple ways of improving data loading, and we actually mentioned even some frameworks that use some of these. Um, if you had to choose, would there be like one framework that you would say, well, this one is doing data loading or giving me the tools to do data loading easily and you know optimized, or would you say there is no there is no easy pick here because you have to be depending on your use case?
0: Okay, um, <clears throat> if you're asking for a silver bullet, I, as far as I can see, there is none, but. Um, if i had to pick a framework i would still work on the framework that i'm still using now so i where i've been a few developer since i started and i'm still am and by using few my answer would be nux and it's not some it, i don't say that because nux and vue is the best framework out there but it, because it's the tools that i've already learned and um, I quite enjoy using it, so it's a subjective thing. And all of my uh, connections and or uh, all my connections on uh, freelancing and everything usually would involve Vue.JS. So I'm already in the right community, so to speak. I would, I would say that you just stick on whatever you're already using. But um, I have one more thing to add, though. So quick... Um, is if you look for quick in on github you'll find that they're part of uh, builder io now i don't work for them and uh, this is by, by far not a paid promotion i just really love what they do and there's this thing called uh party town and mitosis so I've been trying to incorporate Partytown into my applications, my new applications. I'm still learning how to do it. So Partytown is a library that can use, uh, your web worker. So the JavaScript is on, only uses one core. And if you want to use the other uh, other cores, you need to use something called a web worker. So it, uh, Partytown. Is a library that can help you use third. Uh, that can help you implement third-party scripts, like for example Google Analytics or something, or probably in the EU like uh, Plausible or probably Perch Analytics, and you can relocate the third-party script in uh, outside of the main thread to a uh, web worker. And it will help your site load faster because the user, uh, the user isn't, the client isn't blocked by uh, a third-party script that they're executing. The web worker is doing that. So I'm trying to figure out more ways I can implement Party Town. I'm experimenting with it. Let's just say, and I think it's a good thing for people to check out. And the second thing I mentioned was Metosis. And Matosis isn't really anything that helps with performance or anything, but it's kind of cool in a way because you, it, for all you UI designers or, uh, uh, UI library designers out there, uh, Matosis is a good library because you can write components once and you can compile it to any single framework they support, and as far as I know, they uh now they're supporting Vue, React, Solid, Angular, Svelte, and Quick. There might be more frameworks that they support, but uh, I'm not really looking into the other frameworks, I'm just looking into the things that I'm gonna use, like Vue and probably React or something. Yeah, so I've tried using Mitosis a bit, it's really interesting and problem. I think most people should uh, at least take a look at it and see where it might take them. All right.
1: Actually, super interesting. Uh, I never heard about uh, either mitosis or Aritown. So I'll, I'll be checking them out. Um, all right. And that's it. That's all the time we had to discuss data loading. Uh, So thank you very much for the details explanation. And now, before we leave, going to the quick round section of the show where where I ask the three same questions to all the guests that we have. So the first one, uh, what is the best advice you have
0: received? Mm, So the best advice I have ever received is to be honest about things. Uh, honesty is a hard thing to, for people to do, and I think it's uh, one of the truths in life that I've s- subscribed to. And um, the other thing is, well, if you don't understand something, <clears throat> uh, just say that you don't understand, so your learning process would be faster. That's what I got from a friend of mine, and uh, shout out to him if he's listening to this. Uh, I think it's really good advice. And uh, just lower down your ego a bit and learn from everybody. Because not learn from everybody, uh, just start a, be, have an open mind to learn from somebody. Because anybody you meet in this world might have something that they know that you don't know, and it's probably a good a good mindset to have in this increasingly complex world we have.
1: Absolutely agree with that, and especially within our industry. Ego is a big problem. Developers need to have a big one. So we need to keep it under control. I agree with that. So what is the most exciting project you ever worked on that hopefully you can talk about?
0: Yes, I can talk about it. So uh, the previous company I worked for was a Web3 biomedical testing uh, marketplace company, if that makes sense. We were going everywhere, but um, I'm not. Uh, the, the project that excites me wasn't the app itself, but because the project involves like using uh, data storage, blockchain, and uh, backend APIs, and CICDs, and integration testing and everything. So it was really fun when I got a chance to make a whole suite of integration integration testing pipelines together and see whether or not it works it was really difficult but not too difficult but it made me learn the intrinsics of like the blockchain runtime i was using and uh, the front end javascript libraries that i was using to connect to the backend and the the blockchain itself it really made everything come together and made me more invested in what i was doing in my previous company which is a web3 developer yeah that's the most exciting thing and it's not exciting because it's web3 it's just exciting because you can make a testing system to test whether or not everything works at the same time it's very cool i wish i i could talk about it more but i think uh, that's all i can talk about in the limited time i have
1: yeah right all right that, that's definitely yeah intuition tests when they work they're pretty neat. All right. The final question is: What is one thing you wish you when you started coding that you eventually picked up over the years?
0: So I've um, what I've noticed from over the years where when I was uh, I started coding was I uh, like everybody else I went through the tutorial hell and everything, but now I'm in a point in my career where I'm proud to say that. Uh, reading open source source code is quite easy for me in any language, as long as it's uh, a common language, not like COBOL or Fortran or anything, <laughs> maybe Rust, JavaScript, Python, and all that uh, generic languages. It has become easy for me to read open source source code, and I'm really quite proud of that because it, uh, it broadens my view to... Uh, it broadens my view more and it doesn't limit me to only the documentation anymore. So I can do things that I previously think would wasn't even possible with the framework because it was not documented that well, like for example, and I can just read the source code and follow it one by one. And um, I would like to say that uh, reading both documentation and source code was, I hope that I could have learned it faster in the beginning but hindsight i think i got it just in time and yeah uh, i'm just grateful that it all uh went together and it went well as it did you know
1: yeah nice all right cool all right finally uh where can people find you if you want to know more about data loading or any of these authorization techniques or even web3
0: Okay, so uh, people can find me in Medium, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if this is going to make sense for English listeners or anything because uh, my handle is Agustinus Theo with two O's uh, on both Medium and uh, Twitter and Agustinus Theodorus, my full name in link uh on linkedin i hope you'll link to my uh stuff yeah on the on the bottom yeah yeah
1: all right cool yeah we definitely have links for all those uh uh, places on the on the show notes so people can just click on it and they don't have to spell it all right that's it Uh, Theo, thank you again so much. It was uh, definitely a very interesting uh, conversation. Uh, It's a very important topic for all developers to keep in mind. Um, So I hope people can get some use out of it and maybe research on some of the topics. All right, so that's it. Thank you again. And to everyone listening, thank you. And catch you on the next one. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't yet, take 10 seconds and leave a review of the show on your podcasting app. It will help us grow and reach more developers. And while you're at it, follow us on Twitter at the 20 JS. This episode was brought to you by OpenReplay, an open source session replay platform for developers. Visit openreplay.com to know more. And I'll see you back here next week.